Section 4 of Sermons on Several Occasions, 3rd through 5th Series. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andrea Rovney. Sermons on Several Occasions, 3rd through 5th Series, by John Wesley. The Rich Man and Lazarus. If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead luke sixteen thirty one how strange a paradox is this how contrary to the common apprehension of men who is so confirmed in unbelief as not to think if one came to me from the dead i should be effectually persuaded to repent but this passage affords us a more strange saying luke sixteen thirteen you cannot serve god and mammon no why not why cannot we serve both will a true servant of mammon say accordingly the pharisees who supposed they served god and did cordially serve mammon derided him eximecterizon a word expressive of the deepest contempt but he said luke sixteen fifteen ye are they who justify yourselves before men but god knoweth your hearts and that which is highly esteemed among men is very commonly an abomination before god a terrible proof of which our lord subjoins in the remaining part of the chapter but is the subsequent account merely a parable or a real history it has been believed by many and roundly asserted to be a mere parable because of one or two circumstances therein which are not easy to be accounted for in particular it is hard to conceive how a person in hell could hold conversation with one in paradise but admitting we cannot account for this will it overbalance an express assertion of our lord there was says our lord a certain rich man was there not did such a man never exist and there was a certain beggar named lazarus was there or was there not is it not bold enough positively to deny what our blessed lord positively affirms therefore we cannot reasonably doubt but the whole narration with all its circumstances is exactly true and theophylact one of the ancient commentators on the scriptures observes upon the text that according to the tradition of the jews lazarus lived at jerusalem i purpose with god's assistance first to explain this history second to apply it and thirdly to prove the truth of that weighty sentence with which it is concluded namely if they hear not moses and the prophets neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead one and first i will endeavor with god's assistance to explain this history there was a certain rich man and doubtless on that very account highly esteemed among men who was clothed in purple and fine linen and consequently esteemed the more highly both as appearing suitably to his fortune and as an encourager of trade and fared sumptuously every day here was another reason for his being highly esteemed his hospitality and generosity both by those who frequently sat at his table and the tradesmen that furnished it and there was a certain beggar one of the lowest line of human infamy named lazarus according to the greek termination in hebrew eliezer from his name we may gather that he was of no mean family although this branch of it was at present so reduced it is probable he was well known in the city and it was no scandal to him to be named who was laid at his gate although no pleasing spectacle so that one might wonder he was suffered to lie there full of sores of running ulcers and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table 
so the complicated affliction of poverty pain and want of bread lay upon him at once but it does not appear that any creature took the least notice of the despicable wretch only the dogs came and licked his sores all the comfort which this world afforded him but see the change the beggar died here ended poverty and pain he was carried by angels nobler servants than any that attended the rich man into abraham's bosom so the jews commonly termed what our blessed lord styles paradise the place where the wicked cease from troubling and where the weary are at rest the receptacle of holy souls from death to the resurrection it is indeed very generally supposed that the souls of good men as soon as they are discharged from the body go directly to heaven but this opinion has not the least foundation in the oracles of god on the contrary our lord says to mary after the resurrection touch me not for i am not yet ascended to my father in heaven but he had been in paradise according to his promise to the penitent thief this day shalt thou be with me in paradise hence it is plain that paradise is not heaven it is indeed if we may be allowed the expression the antechamber of heaven where the souls of the righteous remain till after the general judgment they are received into glory but see the scene change again the rich man also died what must rich men also die must they fall like one of the people is there no help a rich man in london some years ago when the physician told him he must die gnashed his teeth and clenched his fist and cried out vehemently god god i won't die but he died with the very words in his mouth and was buried doubtless with pomp enough suitable to his quality although we do not find that there was then in all the world that exquisite instance of human folly that senseless cruel mockery of a poor putrefying carcass what we term lying in state and in hell he lifted up his eyes oh what a change how is the mighty fallen but the word which is here rendered hell does not always mean the place of the damned it is literally the invisible world and is of very wide extent including the receptacle of separate spirits whether good or bad but here it evidently means that region of hades where the souls of wicked men reside as appears from the following words being in torment in order say some to atone for the sins committed while in the body as well as to purify the soul from all its inherent sin just so the eminent heathen poet nearly two thousand years ago necess est multa diu concreta modis in olacer miris ergo exercinter poenis aliae panduntur inanis suspense adventos alias sub gurgit vasto infectum eluitur celis ot exuritur igni this quotation from virgil aeneid six seven thirty seven to seven forty two even when those bodies are to death resigned some old inherent spots are left behind a sullying tincture of corporeal stains deep in the substance of the soul remains thus are her splendors dimmed and crusted o'er with those dark vices that she knew before for this the souls of various penance pay to purge the taint of former crimes away some in the sweeping breezes are refined and hung on high to whiten in the wind some cleanse their stains beneath the gushing streams and some rise glorious from the searching flames see the near resemblance between the ancient and the modern purgatory 
only in the ancient the heathen purgatory both fire water and air were employed in expiating sin and purifying the soul whereas in the mystic purgatory fire alone is supposed sufficient both to purge and expiate vain hope no suffering but that of christ has any power to expiate sin and no fire but that of love can purify the soul either in time or in eternity he seeth abraham afar off far indeed as far as from hell to paradise perhaps tenfold the length of this terrene but how could this be i cannot tell but it is by no means incredible for who knows how far an angel kens or a spirit divested of flesh and blood and lazarus in his bosom it is well known that in the ancient feasts among the jews as well as the romans the guests did not sit down at the table as it is now the custom to do but lay on couches each having a pillow at his left side on which he supported his elbow and he that sat next to him on the right side was said to lie in his bosom it was in this sense that the apostle john lay in his master's bosom accordingly the expression of lazarus lying in abraham's bosom implies that he was in the highest place of honor and happiness and he cried and said father abraham have mercy on me thou fool what can abraham do what can any creature yea all the creation do to break the bars of the bottomless pit whoever would escape from the place of torment let him cry to god the father of mercy nay but the time is past justice now takes place and rejoices over mercy and send lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for i am tormented in this flame how exceeding modest a request is this he does not say that he may take me out of this flame he does not ask that he may bring me a cup of water or as much as he might hold in the palm of his hand but barely that he may dip were it but the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue no it cannot be no mercy can enter within the shades of hell but abraham said son remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise lazarus evil things but now he is comforted and thou art tormented perhaps these words may supply us with an answer to an important question how came this rich man to be in hell it does not appear that he was a wicked man in the common sense of the word that he was a drunkard a common swearer a sabbath breaker or that he lived in any known sin it is probable he was a pharisee and as such was in all the outward parts of religion blameless how then did he come into the place of torment if there was no other reason to be assigned there is a sufficient one implied in those words he that hath ears to hear let him hear thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things the things which thou hadst chosen for thy happiness thou hadst set thy affection on things beneath and thou hadst thy reward thou didst receive the portion which thou hadst chosen and canst have no portion above and likewise lazarus evil things not his evil things for he did not choose them but they were chosen for him by the wise providence of god and now he is comforted while thou art tormented but besides all this there is a great gulf fixed a great chasm a vast vacuity can any tell us what this is what is the nature what are the bounds of it nay none of the children of men none but an inhabitant of the invisible world so that they who would pass from hence to you cannot neither can they pass to us that would come from thence undoubtedly a disembodied spirit could pass through any space whatever but the will of god determining that none should go across that gulf is a bound which no creature can pass then he said 
i pray thee therefore father that thou wouldst send him to my father's house for i have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment luke sixteen twenty seven and twenty eight two entirely different motives have been assigned for this extraordinary request some ascribe it wholly to self-love to a fear of the bitter reproaches which he might easily suppose his brethren would pour upon him if in consequence of his example and perhaps advice they came to the same place of torment others have imputed it to a nobler motive they suppose as the misery of the wicked will not be complete till the day of judgment so neither will their wickedness consequently they believe that till that time they may retain some sparks of natural affection and they not improbably imagine that this may have occasioned his desire to prevent their sharing his own torment abraham saith unto him they have moses and the prophets let them hear them luke sixteen twenty nine and he said nay father abraham but if one went to them from the dead they will repent who would not be of the same opinion might not any one reasonably suppose that a message solemnly delivered by one that came from the dead must have an irresistible force who would not think i myself could not possibly withstand such a preacher of repentance two this i conceive to be the meaning of the words i will now endeavour with the help of god to apply them and i beseech you brethren while i am doing this to suffer the word of exhortation the more closely these things are applied to your souls the more ye may profit thereby there was a certain man and it is no more sinful to be rich than to be poor but it is dangerous beyond expression therefore i remind all of you that are of this number that have the conveniences of life and something over that ye walk upon slippery ground ye continually tread on snares and deaths ye are every moment on the verge of hell it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for you to enter in the kingdom of heaven who was clothed in purple and fine linen and some may have a plea for this our lord mentions them that dwell in kings houses as wearing gorgeous that is splendid apparel and does not blame them for it but certainly this is no plea for any that do not dwell in kings houses let all of them therefore beware how they follow his example who is lifting up his eyes in hell let us follow the advice of the apostle being adorned with good works and with the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit he fared sumptuously every day reconcile this with religion who can i know how plausibly the prophets of smooth kings can talk in favour of hospitality of making our friends welcome of keeping a handsome table to do honour to religion of promoting trade and the like but god is not mocked he will not be put off with such pretences as these whoever thou art that sharest in the sin of this rich man were it no other than faring sumptuously every day thou shalt as surely be a sharer in his punishment except thou repent as if thou wert already crying for a drop of water to cool thy tongue and there was a certain beggar named lazarus who was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table luke sixteen twenty twenty one but it seems both the rich man and his guests were too religious to relieve common beggars a sin of which pious mr h so earnestly warns his readers and an admonition of the same kind i have read on the gate of the good city of winchester i wish the gentleman who placed it there had seen a little circumstance which occurred some years since at epworth in lincolnshire the town where i was born a beggar came to a house in the market-place and begged a morsel of bread saying she was very hungry the master bid her be gone for a lazy jade 
she called at a second and begged a little small beer saying she was very thirsty she had much the same answer at a third door she begged a little water saying she was very faint but this man also was too conscientious to encourage common beggars the boy seeing a ragged creature turn from door to door began to pelt her with snowballs she looked up lay down and died would you wish to be the man who refused that poor wretch a morsel of bread or a cup of water moreover the dogs came and licked his sores being more compassionate than their master and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried of angels into abraham's bosom hear this all ye that are poor in this world ye that many times have not food to eat or raiment to put on ye that have not a place where to lay your head unless it be a cold garret or a foul and damp cellar ye are now reduced to solicit the cold hand of charity yet lift up your load it shall not always be thus i love you i pity you i admire you when in patience ye possess your souls yet i cannot help you but there is one that can the father of the fatherless and the husband of the widow the poor crieth unto the lord and he heareth them and delivereth him out of all his troubles yet a little while if ye truly turn to him his angel shall carry you into abraham's bosom there ye shall hunger no more and thirst no more ye shall feel no more sorrow or pain but the lamb shall wipe away all tears from your eyes and lead you forth beside fountains of living waters but see the scene is changed the rich man also died what in spite of his riches probably sooner than he desired for how just is that word o death how bitter art thou to a man that is at rest in the midst of his possessions however if that would be a comfort he was buried but how little did it signify whether he was laid under a lofty monument or among graves with bending osier bound that nameless heave the crumbled ground and what followed in hell he lifted his eyes this it is certain ye need not do god does not require it of you he willeth not that any should perish ye cannot unless by your own wilful choice intruding into those regions of woe which god did not prepare for you but for the devil and his angels see the scene changed again he seeth abraham afar off and lazarus in his bosom and he knew him although perhaps he had only cast a glance at him while he lay at the gate is any of you in doubt whether we shall know one another in the other world here your doubts may receive a full solution if a soul in hell knew lazarus in paradise as far off as he was certainly those that are together in paradise will perfectly know each other and he cried and said father abraham have mercy upon me i do not remember in all the bible any prayer made to a saint but this and if we observe who made it a man in hell and with what success we shall hardly wish to follow the precedent oh let us cry for mercy to god not to man and it is our wisdom to cry now while we are in the land of mercy otherwise it will be too late i am tormented in this flame tormented observe not purified vain hope that fire can purify a spirit as well might you expect water to cleanse the soul as fire but god forbid that you or i should make the trial and abraham said son remember mark how abraham accosts a damned spirit and shall we behave with less tenderness to any of the children of god because they are not of our opinion thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things o oh, beware it be not your case and not the things of the world thy good things the chief objects of thy desire and pursuit are they not the chief joy 
if so thou art in a very dangerous state in the very condition which dives was in upon earth do not then dream that all is well because thou art highly esteemed among men because thou doest no harm or doest much good or attendest all the ordinances of god what is all of this what is all this if thy soul cleaves to the dust if thy heart is in the world if thou lovest the creature more than the creator how striking are the next words beside all this between us and you there is a great gulf fixed so that they who would pass from us to you cannot neither can they pass to us that would come from thence this was the text that occasioned the epitaph on a right honourable infidel and gamester here lies a dicer long in doubt if death could kill the soul or not here ends his doubtfulness at last convinced but ah the die is cast but blessed be god your die is not cast yet you are not past the great gulf but have it still in your power to choose whether you will be attended by angels or fiends when your soul quits its earthly mansion now stretch out your hand to eternal life or eternal death and god says be it unto thee even as thou wilt being repulsed in this he makes another request i pray thee send him to my father's house for i have five brethren that he may testify to them it is not impossible that other unhappy spirits may wish well to the relations they have left behind them but this is the accepted time for them as well as for us let us then address them ourselves and let us beg our living friends to give us all the help they can without waiting for assistance from the inhabitants of another world let us earnestly exhort them to use the helps they have to hear moses and the prophets we are indeed apt to think like that unhappy spirit if one went to them from the dead they will repent but abraham said if they hear not moses and the prophets neither will they be persuaded the one rose from the dead three i am in the third place to prove the truth of this weighty sentence which i will do first briefly and then more at large and first to express the matter briefly it is certain that no human spirit while it is in the body can persuade another to repent can work in him an entire change both of heart and life a change from universal wickedness to universal holiness and suppose that spirit discharged from the body it is no more able to do this than it was before no power less than that which created it at first can create any soul anew no angel much less any human spirit whether in the body or out of the body can bring one soul from darkness to light and from the power of satan unto god it might very possibly fright him to death or to the belief of any speculative truth but it could not frighten him into spiritual life god alone can raise those that are dead in trespasses and sins in order to prove more at large that if men hear not moses and the prophets neither will they be effectually persuaded to repent though one rose from the dead i will propose a case of this kind with all the advantages that can be conceived suppose then one that does not hear moses and the prophets that does not believe the scripture to be of god to be fast asleep in his bed and suddenly to awake while the clock was just striking one he is surprised to observe the chamber as light as if it were noonday he looks up and sees one whom he perfectly knew standing at his bedside though a little surprised at first he quickly recollects himself and has the courage to ask are not you my friend who died at such a time he answers i am i am come from god with a message to you you have often wished you could see one risen from the dead and said then you would repent you have your wish and i am ordered to inform you you are seeking death in the error of your life if you die in the state you are now in you will die eternally i warn you in his name that the scriptures are the real word of god 
that from the moment you die you will be remarkably happy or unspeakably miserable that you cannot be happy hereafter unless you are wholly here which cannot be unless you are born again receive this call from god eternity is at hand repent and believe the gospel having spoken these words he vanishes away and the room is dark as it was before one may easily believe it would be impossible for him not to be convinced for the present he would sleep no more that night and would as soon as possible tell his family what he had seen and heard not content with this he would be impatient to tell it to his former companions and probably observing the earnestness with which he spoke they would not then contradict him they would say to each other give him time to cool then he will be a reasonable man again now it is constantly found that impressions made on the memory gradually decay that they grow weaker and weaker in process of time and the traces of them fainter and fainter so it must be in this case which his companions observing would not fail to seize the opportunity they would speak to this effect it was a strange account you gave us some time since the more so because we know you to be a sensible man and not inclined to enthusiasm but perhaps you have not fully considered how difficult it is in some cases to distinguish our dreams from our waking thoughts has any one yet been able to find out an infallible criterion between them is it not then possible that you may have been asleep when this lively impression was made on your mind when he had been brought to think possibly it might be a dream they would soon persuade him probably it was so and not long after to believe it certainly was a dream so little would it avail that one came from the dead it could not be expected to be otherwise for what was the effect which was wrought upon him he was exceedingly frightened this fright made way for a deeper conviction of the truth than declared but his heart was not changed none but the almighty could effect this therefore the bias of his soul was still set the wrong way he still loved the world and consequently wished that the scripture was not true how easily then as the fright wore off would he again believe what he wished the conclusion then is plain and undeniable if men hear not moses and the prophets neither will they be persuaded to repent and believe the gospel though one rose from the dead we may add one consideration more which brings the matter to a full issue before or about the same time that lazarus was carried into abraham's bosom another lazarus the brother of martha and mary was actually raised from the dead but were even those who believed the fact persuaded to repent so far from it that they took counsel to kill lazarus as well as his master and then with the fond imagination that those who hear not moses and the prophets would be persuaded though on from the dead from the whole we may draw this general conclusion that standing revelation is the best means of rational conviction far preferable to any of those extraordinary means which some imagine would be more effectual it is therefore our wisdom to avail ourselves of this to make full use of it so that it may be a lantern to our feet and a light in all our paths let us take care that our whole heart and life be conformable thereto that it be the constant rule of all our tempers all our words and all our actions so shall we preserve in all things the testimony of a good conscience toward god and when our course is finished we too shall be carried by angels into abraham's bosom birmingham march twenty fifth seventeen eighty eight End of section 4. Recording by Andrea Rovney, Weatherford, Texas.